0: On this episode of JP Sports Talk, the World Series is set and we are ready to rock and roll tonight as Garrett Cole and the Astros face off against Max Scherzer and the Nationals in Game 1 tonight. The Astros come into the series as the heavy favorites, but I'll tell you why. Do not sleep on the Washington Nationals. I'll take you through a preview of the Fall Classic and how Houston was able to get through the New York Yankees in dramatic fashion. I also have to get into the obviously best team in football being the New England Patriots and how they got even better after an absolute clinic against the New York Jets. Some quick NBA talk as the season tips off tonight and as always give my best bets that went not to brag, 3 and 0 for the second straight Week. We got it's all coming up track. right now on J.P. Sports Talk. Love. You know I ain't never had shit, okay Now I'm somewhere in the meet and get my ass kicked you know, by a white man cause his daughter fuck with my ad lit oh, I done dick dickin' a friend, I'm like my bad sis My bad nigga act like he too good even for a bad bitch uh-huh. I'ma buy a Lambo for this album, hit the fans, bitch to the ballet park, What's going on the everybody? Man, How are guys we guys doing days? today? As so always, I am back Justin Porra, your host. Today is Tuesday, October 22nd. We're recording this at 5.10pm, just three hours before for the first pitch of Game 1 of the 2019 World Series. The Houston Astros looking to capture their second World Series in three years. They were expected to be here, but a team that was not expected to be here, the Washington Nationals. They win the NL wildcard game against the Brewers a few weeks ago. They roll past the heavily favored Los Angeles Dodgers, then sweep up the St. Louis Cardinals in four games and Clinch the National League pennant. Now they're taking on Houston tonight. It's going to be a classic pitching matchup. Max Scherzer versus Garrett Cole. And we go into this World Series. The Astros taking down the better team, the New York Yankees. A lot of people, including myself, said, Oh, this will be the World Series. The Astros versus the Yankees. I'll get into the New York Yankees a little bit later but the Astros absolutely ripped the Yankees hard outs and spat on them. But with that being said, we need to think of the Washington Nationals as serious contenders to win the whole thing. They are the hotter of the two teams, no question about it. They made fast, fast work of the St. Louis Cardinals team. I mean, it wasn't even close. They won in four games. Everyone knew it was done midway through game three. And I I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear that the Cardinals, why were they even in there? The Braves were the better of the two teams. They put up 10 runs in the first inning against the Braves in Atlanta in game five. This was a team that just as much as the Nationals deserved to be in the National League pennant game. And the Nationals dominated them in every facet of the game. They outhit them and they clearly outpitched them. Now, one reason why the Yankees were not able to get past the Astros was because their pitching was far inferior. We knew that going in. But you look at this Nationals team, oh, not so fast. I think the pitching is right up to par with that of the Houston Astros, look at game one and two. Yes, Garrett Cole has easily been the best pitcher in these MLB playoffs and probably the best pitcher in the entire Major League Baseball this season. No question about it. That is not arguable. And then right behind him, Justin Verlander, a guy who is known for his postseason greatness. But the Yankees hit him a little bit. If the Yankees didn't leave nine men on base against Garrett Cole, they definitely could have won Game 3. They beat Justin Verlander in Yankee Stadium in Game 5. Why can't the Nationals? And they have the pitching that will keep them in these games for longer and longer. Max Scherzer, he could go toe-to-toe with Garrett Cole, no doubt about it. And then Game 2, Wednesday... Justin Verlander versus Steven Strasburg. Look at the numbers. It's not even close. It is not even close. Who the better of the two pitchers have been? It's been Steven Strasburg. And then you get in the game three. I know that we don't know anything yet, but you have to assume it's going to be Greinke versus Corbin. And then the Nationals can throw Anibal Sanchez in game four. What's not to like about this Nationals team? They have been magnificent. They are hot. The Astros just played an emotional six-game series against the Yankees. They just came off three games in a row that concluded on Saturday, a very emotional game six on Saturday where they had to win it in the bottom of the ninth. But the Nationals, they have been well-rested well-rested. They last played one week ago against the St. Louis Cardinals. All of those arms are fresh. Steven Strasburg, who has looked exhausted at times through these playoffs, is now fresh. Excuse me, Max Scherzer, who has looked exhausted, is now completely fresh, and he is good to go. This team has rattled off six wins in a row two against the Dodgers, one of them in Los Angeles, three road games in a row being Los Angeles, St. Louis, St. Louis, they have been getting it done and they have been getting it done with ease, with ease. All of these wins that I just mentioned, those six in a row, all by at least two runs or more, all by at least two runs. They have been beating teams. They are not just winning ball games. They are making statements in doing so. This is a team a lot of people counted out back in the summertime. In the summertime when Bryce Harper decided not to sign there. And look where they are now. They got Patrick Corbin. Their two aces have pitched like aces. The hitting has been there, and look where they are in the World Series, ready to go toe-to-toe with the Houston Astros. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast through the first three weeks, you know that I love the Washington Nationals. And you know what? I'm going to continue to ride the Washington Nationals because they deserve to be here. And I get that the Astros maybe toe-to-toe have more talent, but you have to consider momentum when it comes to October baseball. Now, a team that looked like it piled up some momentum just this past week where the New York Yankees. The New York Yankees, after a rained out day that pushed game four from Wednesday to Thursday and made that the matchup between Masahiro Tanaka and Zach Greinke. And then a lot of people thought, oh, the Yankees are done because that bullpen game gets moved. And you know, that means Verlander and Cole get to go back to Houston. That's just not not what happened. See, Game 4 was the worst game the New York Yankees have played all 2019. And then they clean it all up in Game 5 so damn well. They did everything perfect. James Paxton looked great after a first inning run. Aaron Hicks, a three-run home run to blow the game open after D.J. LeMahieu on the second pitch he saw hit it over the fence. The Yankees were rolling, and then they get to this bullpen game in Houston for Game 6. That was the game that they needed to win, and what happened? They straight-up blew it. First inning. Chad Green, who has by far been the Yankees' best pitcher all October long, gives up a three-run home run to Yuri Gurriel in the first inning. And then from that point on, the Yankees have to claw back. They get one in the second, one in the fourth, give up one in the sixth. Now it's a 4-2 to two game. And then you look at how the sixth inning, the seventh inning, and the eighth inning went absolutely nothing was going right for the Yankees. Then, DJ LeMahieu saves the day once again, the best free agent signing of the whole entire offseason, and it all comes crashing down to the farm system product of the Houston Astros, Jose Altuve. Breaks the hearts of Yankee fans everywhere, two-run bomb to left center field off Aroldis Chapman, and the Astros are in the World Series. The Yankees not forcing Game 7. Now, what this means, looking at it from a Yankee perspective, this season was supposed to be their year. You know, they got to Game 7 of the ALCS in 2017. They ran into the Astros. They were an... Excellent team just a season ago, but in their own division, the Red Sox outplayed them and then beat them in the playoffs. This year, yes, you get the Astros again, but at some point, you have to beat them. You have to go out and do something about it. And Brian Cashman was so set on this team just doing it. He said, we are good where we are. We don't need to make moves. We will win with what we have. Clearly, that is not good enough. I mean, look at the pitching that they went out there with. James Paxton wasn't good for both games in this ALCS. He was good for one, not two. Masahiro Tanaka, good for one, not two. Luis Severino, not great in one. And, you know, granted he only played four games. All season long, but you just have to be better than that. The New York Yankees have the standard of excellence. This will be the first decade, the 2010s, that they have not won an American League pennant in 100 years. That's absolute insanity. The Yankees hold themselves to the standard, and now significant moves have to be made. Garrett Cole grew up a Yankee fan. Give him every dollar. He wants in free agency. Every single dollar. I don't care what it takes. You got to give him everything. In fact, you look at how this team is presently constructed. This team that Brian Cashman swears is just fine as it is. I see three non-pitchers that are untouchable. And that is it. That being Aaron Judge, Glaber Torres, and DJ LeMayhew, who they need to lock up. Aaron Judge is the face of the team. I get it. I understand that he struck out over 25 times in this ALCS. He made every play you could have asked for him out in right field. He gets on base, and he has big hits in him. Glaber Torres, I mean, just look at the ALDS. He was by far the best player in that entire series. DJ LeMahieu was the only reason this game – was competitive this game six because he hit the two-run home run in that ninth inning to give the Yankees a sliver of hope that at, at that point in time they didn't even know was physically possible. But you're looking at a guy like D.D. Gregorius, who the team has a one-year, $18 million option on, I don't know if I'm picking that up. I mean, this team has Miguel Andujar, Gleyber Torres, D.J. LeMahieu, infielders. Luke Voigt could play first base still. There are people out there. This is, there's a farm system ready. You can't spend $18 million on Didi Gregorius when you are going to have to spend around $200 million to $300 million on a starting pitcher. The pitching is too important. Who else is untouchable? Aaron Judge, Gleyber Torres, DJ LeMahieu. You look at the pitching staff, maybe Luis Severino, maybe Masahiro Tanaka, maybe Aroldis Chapman. That's it. Tell me who else is untouchable. I don't think anyone else on that team is untouchable. And if this team does not get starting pitching, look at the two teams that are in the World Series right now. The te- One team has... Steven Strasburg, Max Scherzer, and Patrick Corbin, who you refuse to give another year to on a contract. And the other team has Garrett Cole, Justin Verlander, and Zach Greinke, who the Astros went and got at the trade deadline, and you, Brian Cashman, did not. Anyways, the World Series starting up tonight You know what else is starting up tonight? The NBA season. Oh, wow, what a time it is. And with that being said, let's play a quick round of forget about it and go through some of the teams that we think are for real in this NBA season. I think that there are 10 teams legitimately that can compete for an NBA title that are legit in the Eastern Conference, the Milwaukee Bucks, and the Philadelphia 76ers. Nobody else. Boston Celtics, forget about it. Brooklyn Nets, forget about it. Miami Heat, sorry, I love you, Jimmy Buckets. Forget about it. Toronto Raptors, defending champions. People forget because they don't have Kawhi Leonard. Yes, they're raising a banner tonight. Forget about it. But you look at the Western Conference, there are eight teams that can legitimately compete For a World Championship and now you look at the way basketball was constructed through the entire 2010s You couldn't say that any other year When LeBron D. Wade and Bosch teamed up in Miami from 2011 2012 2013 2014 that was the team That people considered could win an NBA championship. They were the only thought in the East I don't care what you thought about the Pacers and the Bulls You knew that the Miami Heat were getting there Every single year, you look at what happened after that. The Golden State Warriors in 2015 kind of shocked everybody, but then after that year, they started their dynasty. And you never count out the LeBron James team being the Cavs, who were the only thought to win the Eastern Conference because LeBron James owns the Eastern Conference. And now here we are with eight Western Conference teams and two in the East that can legitimately win a world championship. Now look at the eight teams I have in the West. I have the Golden State Warriors you cannot forget. In 2016, before Kevin Durant joined that team, Steph Curry was the baddest dude on the planet. He will return to that form. As I said last week, I believe he will be the MVP of the league. You have the LA Clippers, who will take on another title contender, the LA Lakers, tonight in the Staples Center. You have the Houston Rockets, James Harden, Russell Westbrook, both with their postseason struggles, both need to get over it because they have a great shot to be the number one seed in the Western Conference, and they have to take advantage. You have the Denver Nuggets and the Portland Trailblazers who went to a seven-game series in the Western Conference Finals. And yes, the Trailblazers win putting them in the Western Conference Finals. That's why they're there. The Denver Nuggets didn't do anything except get better this year because of how young their talent is. They will be there. You have to consider the Utah Jazz legitimate. They got Bogdanovich. They got Mike Conley. Donovan Mitchell is going to rise to superstardom in this league. Superstardom. And then... I know that this may surprise some people. You got to look at the Spurs still and think that they have a shot. I mean, I'm, I'm being serious. The San Antonio Spurs have made the playoffs each of the last 19 seasons. That is nothing short of absolute dominance. Nothing short of Dominance. And they have DeMar DeRozan, who is going to have a huge chip on his shoulder after seeing the Toronto Raptors win a world championship last year with Kawhi Leonard. Lamarcus Aldridge is still a very good player. DeJounte Murray, who just got a huge contract extension, he is going to be a star. Derek White is going to be a very good player. Do not sleep on the Spurs. Everyone else... Forget about it. The Kings, forget about it. The Grizzlies, forget about it. No Zion Williamson for the Pelicans. You can forget about them too. Those are your 10 teams that have any shot of raising a Larry O'Brien trophy come June. Okay, so this is what's happening today. Let's go back to what happened yesterday in what was an absolute massacre. They call it the Boston Massacre. 2019, colorized edition. The New England Patriots go to New York. Technically, New Jersey. I'm from New York, so I have to say that because that is politically correct. They went to New Jersey, MetLife Stadium, taking on the Jets. A lot of people were so high on the Jets. Oh, Sam Darnold's back. Oh, C.J. Mosley's back. Oh, this team beat the Cowboys last week. The game was over after the first drive. Tom Brady marched up the field with no problems at all. Score, touchdown, and they got the ball back immediately because Sam Darnold looked lost against this Patriots defense. To quote himself, he was seeing ghosts out there. And I understand that this Patriots defense is the best in the league, but 11 of 32? 86 yards, four interceptions. I mean, my God, does it get any worse? Now, I could rip on the Jets all podcast long, but we have to look at the New England Patriots and look at what they did. Bill Belichick was toying with Adam Gase yesterday, absolutely toying with him. They win 33 to nothing in MetLife, 7 0. You have the Browns coming up. You have the Ravens coming up. Then you have a bye. The cupcake part of the schedule is over for sure. Their next six games are all going to be competitive at least. And look what they did this morning. I mean, they know that the hard part of their schedule is coming. They know that their offense has problems that need to be corrected. So what do they do? They go get Mohamed Sanu. They give Tom Brady another weapon. I mean, that is what separates the New England Patriots from any other organization in the National Football League. Look at the Seattle Seahawks. You think Russell Wilson could use Mohamed Sanu? You think that the 49ers could use someone like Mohamed Sanu? There's still one major trade piece out there, that being A.J. Green. And you know what? If I'm the Atlanta Falcons, I know I just signed Julio Jones. They got to make a decision. Maybe he's out on the market too because their season is lost. And with this Matt Ryan injury, I have no idea what their future holds. The Patriots are playing chess. And the rest of this league is playing checkers. Bill Belichick does not sleep. You know what he did after that 33 to nothing win? He slept for about five hours, then got on the phone with the Atlanta Falcons. And moves were made. And I understand that there was a plethora of moves that were made today, including the Niners. They got Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, yeah, that's really nice. The Patriots are rolling. And now, They get the Browns this week. They're in Baltimore the week after. Then they have a bye, and those next four games at Philly, home against Dallas, at Houston, home against the Chiefs with Mahomes coming back by that time. They are ready. They're already thinking about January. And here we are on October 22nd after a 33-point win after shutting out the New York Jets, a division team, They're making moves, and they will not stop. I mean, you just have to mark down Super Bowl now. I'll say it. You have to. They're going to be there, and you know what? They're probably going to win. Make it seven. Tom's got to get some more room on that trophy case of his. Okay. Now let's get to the end of the show. A lot of people's favorite part of the podcast and if you've been listening and you've been actually listening wink wink you've been riding 3 and 0 last week 3 and 0 the week before I am absolutely rolling now that the NBA is back I'll give you a pick for tonight before we get into these future football games that I'll hit so four bets for my best bets for the upcoming week. Let's start with tonight, the Los Angeles Clippers, Los Angeles Lakers, Lakers three and a half point favorites. I am riding the Clippers money line at plus 145. I understand there's no Paul George, but the Lakers don't have Kyle Kuzma. I think that the Clippers overall are a much better defensive team. I think they're a better shooting team. I think Kawhi Leonard should be getting his ring shipped to him today because the Raptors are raising a banner. I think Kawhi Leonard is more ready to start a season off strong. LeBron James, he has to get the rust off of him, now entering year 17. Give me the Clippers money line at plus 145. Now let's go over to Thursday Night Football. We have a couple of Doozies of primetime games this week. Uh, the Vikings are taking on the Redskins in Minnesota. The Vikings, not surprisingly, 15 and a half point favorites, and I'm going to hammer them. Kirk Cousins, over 130 passer rating each of the last three games. This is a revenge game for him playing. The Washington Redskins. I think he's going to come out firing. The Redskins had a brutal game in the Mud Bowl at home this past week. Now they have a short week. They're already a mess. The Vikings have been absolutely rolling. Give me the Vikings minus 15 and a half. Now, last week, my college football pick was LSU minus 17 and a half, and they covered that with. I would say I'm gonna ride them for the second week in the row. They are minus 10 and a half versus Auburn. And the real kicker right here Joe Burrow already said that he is not lo- overlooking this Auburn team. You know, Coach O is not overlooking this Auburn team. They are playing this game at home, and in two weeks, they get Alabama. They're the number two team in the country. They have to continue to play that way. Because the biggest game of the year is soon to come. They have to remain perfect, and they have to remain dominant. I think they proved that this Saturday against the Auburn Tigers. Give me LSU, minus 10.5. And here is my favorite pick of the upcoming week, Sunday Night Football. It was supposed to be this glorious game of two MVP quarterbacks, but instead... It will be Matt Moore in Arrowhead as the Chiefs take on the Green Bay Packers. The Packers open up as four-and-a-half-point favorites. I am hammering, hammering the Green Bay Packers minus four-and-a-half. And I would do it now because I don't think there's a shot that spread stays that way. Aaron Rodgers coming off his best performance. I I, I understand what I just said. It was his Best performance in the regular season ever. Perfect passer rating, 429 yards, five touchdowns, one rushing touchdown. Do the math. Six total touchdowns, six total incompletions. This Kansas City defense is absolutely Swiss cheese. And the offense is going to be severely limited now that Patrick Mahomes will not be walking through that door. Give me the Packers minus four and a half. And with that being said, thank you guys for listening. We have a lot to get into in the best sports month on the calendar. And it doesn't stop because next week, October 29th, we may have a World Series champion. We will be deep into the nfl season we will be into the nba season finally and you know what college basketball my favorite sport right around the corner thank you guys for tuning in and be sure to tune in next week a nigga signed and made a rhyme. I was provided for my side. Uh-huh. No, I had them low and they had them high. You shot yeah. with me, you ain't got a lot. Nah, nigga, legit, huh? 50,000 just to walk through and do my one, two on your bitch, a huh? One-two. And booze your hoes and wanna fuck with me. Nah, I got them all on my dick, nah. Like, little baby, four pockets all full. The money can't fit, nah. Man, I pull up, niggas hollering.